The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever, and they immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. And then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought him to all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons, not permitting him to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. And he told them, Let us go to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. If we have a serious illness, we will naturally go to a physician. And if that illness is cured, we will generally speaking say, thank you very much, you've done what you were supposed to do, I will now leave and not deal with you again. Unless, of course, the illness is chronic, or unless, of course, the physician happens to be a friend. But ordinarily, we go to certain people, particularly physicians, because we want something done. We want health restored. When health is restored, the person has completed their mission, and they are no longer a part of our active life. Our Lord, in today's gospel, heals a great many people. And he does this, as we know, as a symbol of the reason for his coming. Whenever our Lord heals in any way, or casts out demons, as I mentioned last week, He is snapping the chains that have held humanity back since the fall, one after another after another. In the beginning of today's gospel, 
we have an incident that seems rather odd. It's pleasant. It's a nice little story. But the Holy Spirit has a reason for putting it in here. We are told that he went to the house of Simon and Andrew. And Simon's mother-in-law, St. Peter, lay sick with a fever. In those days, they had big fevers and little fevers. She had a big fever. Notice what he does. Our Lord's cures are not always the same. He approached her, grasped her hand, and helped her up. The response from that is, the response of having been healed, is that the fever left her and she waited on them. She immediately turns to serve them. But only after she had been in his presence, and only after he had reached out in her case and taken her hand and helped her up. She didn't do it on her own. First she had to be in his presence, and then he had to, in a sense, very real sense in this case, touch her before she could do anything. Then she begins to serve. I've mentioned this before. There are people who want to, do, want to serve, but they do not want to spend time with the Lord, and therefore they really cannot be of much service to anyone. But she has been with him, and he has cured her. He has healed her. She will now respond to that healing. She will not simply get up and walk away, saying, thank you, you've done your duty, that's what I came for. We are then told that he did that in the area. They brought him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. And he cures them and drives out demons. That's what they want. But they don't realize what that means. That their cure is a symbol of something much greater. Their healing is a symbol of something much greater. The healing that he's really come to bring, the healing that will have to go to the cross. But we are then told in the scriptures that the next morning, before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Our Lord wants to now retreats, as we must do regularly. He goes off by himself to be with the Father. As God, he's always united to the Father in the Trinity. But in his human nature, he needs to be alone with the Father. So he goes off to pray by himself. That, that essential element is there. Again, the Holy Spirit includes this for a reason, to tell us what we must be doing also if we are going to know him. The disciples then... Pursue him. Notice what it says. Simon and those who were with him. Always St. Peter comes first in these. And they're very excited themselves. They say, everyone is looking for you. What are they thinking? They're part of this. And they're an essential part of it. They're his intimate friends. So as the water rises, they go with it, so to speak. They're part of uh, his entourage. And they're respected. And they're very happy with this. They want to stay there. They want things to remain as they are. Because they too don't realize why he has come. And they too are unaware of the fact that he has come for a much greater healing that they need. And that we all need. So they want to stay. We are like that too often, aren't we? In our spiritual lives. We would like to remain where we are if we're comfortable. We don't really want to move with the Lord. We don't want to move beyond where we are. And yet the Lord is always calling us, as I've said many times, to a greater holiness and to a greater intimacy, to a greater love that we don't always want to hear. As a result of that, our prayer life often becomes rather drab because we won't listen to him. You know, there are different reasons for our prayer life being dry or arid. 
One of the reasons may be simply because we ourselves have been, are being called by God to something greater. That's when faith really becomes faith. People will sometimes say to me, oh, my prayer life is just so dry, I'm not getting anything out of it, I'm just saying words. And my response to that is, good, you're growing up. And it's about time that you experience that because the words mean something. The words you're saying now come from faith and obedience, not simply from personal comfort. You're praying because you know that you must pray. You're praying because you know that God is listening, even though, from your point of view of your effectiveness, you're not getting anything out of it, whatever that means anyway. So this is a step forward. It can also mean that we have become dry because of our own laziness in our own prayer life. I read somewhere recently, it's really quite beautifully put, that the Lord wants us to run with him. He's moving in a direction, and we're supposed to move with him. And the trouble is that we decide we're very happy here. The Lord goes on ahead of us, and we wonder where he's gone. When, in fact, he's up there waiting for us to catch up once we get the energy enough to do it. That is what prayer is all about. He calls us to run with him towards the goal. But remember what his goal is that they don't understand, and they don't want. His goal, of course, is the cross the ultimate healing of all humanity by his own suffering and death. That's where all, believe it or not, physical as well as spiritual healing takes place, is there. And that's what he is going to do. That's his mission. He says, for this purpose I have come. Let us preach there also in the nearby villages. We have to go out from here until I finally come to the goal of my mission, the purpose for which I have come. And so they go out to complete continue to break chains until the final chain is broken. Well, uh, what of us? Uh, you and I are going to experience what they experienced. As our Lord reached out with his hand to touch Simon's mother-in-law, to restore her to health, so he does with us, except that we can never say, as in the case of a physician, thank you for restoring me to health, I don't need you anymore. Uh, we have to constantly remain there because the healing that our Lord gives us is a beginning. The healing never ends. There is not a moment in our life when we are not in the process of healing, when we are not in the process of running forward with him. We have to remember that, and that's why today, as always, the Eucharist is the power that makes it possible for us to do that. The Lord calls us to run with him in the Eucharist to remain with him and to go where he is going, as he is going, whether we understand it or not or whether we like it or not. That's what we must do. Uh, that's what life really is supposed to be. That's what the spiritual life is all about. When you read the lives of the saints, uh, there's always something new coming to them, some new experience, some new beauty, uh, some new love. And we then are called to experience that. Uh, but you know, as we come here, and the Lord comes to us, we will have to accept the challenge that he offers us. The challenge is a challenge, as I said, of intimacy. The challenge is, all right, if you want me to take you, I will take you where I am going. Uh, but you have to accept that journey. And it will mean the total emptying of yourself the total abandonment of yourself into my hands. Once you have done that, um, then you will understand what healing is all about. 
We know that we experience healing in all the sacraments, particularly the confessional and the Eucharist. But the challenge then is to perfection, to go where he wants us to go, as he wants to lead us. We will do that now and every day for the rest of our lives. If he is running, we must too. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, her members will always be open to the healing power of God, calling us more perfectly to his intimacy, especially the Church persecuted, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they too will receive the power of God as it comes to heal them. All nations may know that power as they draw closer to him. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who suffer from various diseases and illnesses, for those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they may know his healing power and that they may know that they are visible signs of his love in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have left the faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, those young men and women who will bring the healing of power of God to our world. For greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that they too, having experienced the healing power of God, may then bring it to others, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that as we continually experience the loving healing of God, we may be visible signs of that and call others to that same healing, we pray to the Lord. Now join our prayers to those of the health of the sick as we sing. Mm-hmm. 